on your part. Welcome to the On Track and Field podcast. I'm JT Ayers. All things track and field related, equipment, batons, fill lap devices, pole ball pits, poles, throwing implements, even a discus cage, and so much more, go to ontrackandfield.com. They have exactly what you're looking for, and their prices are going to beat everybody. And I know this from experience. I'm a head coach. I want the very best of the best for my athletes to have the very best opportunity. On Track and Field, they're going to hook you up. And then when you go to On Track and Field, promo code at when you check out, just type in track talk, all one word, T-R-A-C-K-T-A-L-K, 15% off right there. I just went and bought some free lap chips and 15% off saves me a bunch of money. So do the same thing. Today, we are going to discuss something that um, it seems like every high school, college, doesn't matter who you are. If you are a coach, you care deeply about a subject, and that's leadership. And leadership isn't something that just happens. Now, this podcast is going to be a breakdown of what you can do with your athletes in a, a set number of weeks and what you can do in that time to give them the very best that you have to offer in the way of leadership. Leadership is something that needs to be trained. It is a skill. Yes, some people are born leaders. I would say that most people, if not every single person, even if they want to sit around and say, I was born a leader, this is something that they need to tangibly and then going out and just make sure that they are trying to become leaders in the very best way. And this has to do with the education. It has to do with the time. And maybe you're like me. It seems like I had a lot of really bad examples in coaches growing up. And I almost learned what not to do better than what I learned to do well. And so I had to go seek out those that are doing a good job to learn. So on social media, it seems like within the last few months, um, I alluded to the fact that I do a 10-week study on leadership with my athletes. And people were asking, well, how do you do that? So I wanted to give like a breakdown, just maybe 20 minutes of what it will look like for you to implement something that I've been doing for a while. Not that I'm doing such a great job with it, but it has been one of those most meaningful things for athletes because as they grow, and I think all coaches hope that their athletes become better people when they leave your program. And if I coach only boys, so I hope that the people that and the, and the men that I coach become great fathers, employees, brothers, they become great husbands one day. And um, I love receiving phone calls 10 years after an athlete has been through my track and field program in high school and ask questions about some of the things that we used to talk about. So this is meaningful and the athletes see value. So let's start right there. First and foremost, the value. You need to create something that gives the athletes the opportunity to see the value in it. And we're talking about high school kids for the most part. And this actually goes for anybody as well. I mean, you can be a 55-year-old salesman traveling the country, but unless you don't see the value in it, you're not going to want to do it. So the value comes from um, you as the leader, as the coach, showing the athlete or the person that this is meaningful. And the way that you do that is by, well, first and foremost, starting about and knowing your audience. So let's talk about the audience that we coach. This generation of athletes that we coach, they're motivated differently than probably you and I were. There was a study a while ago, um, I believe 10 years ago, maybe nine or 10 years ago, I found this study from this Texas um, private high school, and they basically gave out a long list of really good attributes that 
all leaders you know, would want. And so here they are, altruism, empowering others, humility, love, service, trust, and vision for the followers. So I'm gonna go through those again. Think about which one that you think would be the most important for you. And I'm from a different generation of the athletes that I coach, but I need to pay attention to the audience because the people that I'm coaching, the people that I'm trying to motivate, help uh, give opportunities for them to seek out the value and the worth of what we're trying to do, to see that it's meaningful. I need to motivate them in a way that is, again, most meaningful. So altruism is giving to others with no motivate to gain something in return. So this is like kind. Then there's empowering others, developing and mentoring others, teaching you how to do the activity or play the game. Uh, humility is a great attribute in, in a leader. Focusing on other people rather than oneself. That's like meekness. And then there's love. Placing unconditional value upon the individual as a person, not what he or she offers, but to enable the coach to win more games. And we all know coaches like that. This is like this very maternal or paternal affection. Uh, service, willing to assist others. They're very helpful. Trust, demonstrating confidence in others to succeed. This is like where the coach or the leader will keep their promises. And then vision for the followers, helping team members to imagine their potential to succeed, helping them establish their goals. So these in themselves are all wonderful attributes for any leader. So which of these do you think that this school and and by the way i have been um basically created the same um i stole it and it just created the same thing for my students i teach basically all freshmen half the school essentially 45 to 50 percent of the entire school comes through my class so i give them this and i give them all my athletes this at the beginning of the year because i want to see if there's trends with the with the generation that i'm coaching so which one of these attributes do you think is the most uh, meaningful you might surprise you. Uh, trust was 35% as the number one um, quality that these students and these athletes want in the person that leads them. Trust. And we can make probably a whole podcast and maybe a book about why that is. Maybe they feel like they're lied to all the time with media and social media and, and exaggerated stories here and there. And they feel like there just needs to be one place I can feel that someone is going to say what they mean and mean what they say, that their actions are gonna align with what they're trying to say. And I mean, that's integrity. So is trust that big of a deal? The answer is yes. And then following trust was love at 16%, empowering others 15%, and then vision was 13. And then the rest was service, altruism, and humility was last, which, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, but trust, so, Athletes and students at this generation, they're motivated by people who they trust. So they never, ever overpromise and underdeliver because that's going to ruin any type of meaningful leadership you're going to have with those type of people. So they're motivated by people who they trust that demonstrates love towards them and who seeks their worth and seeks to develop them. So what we're going to discuss further right now is with this in mind as our foundation, well, how do you speak to your athletes? You know, I mean, are you harsh or brash? Is there false, um, you know, advertisement? Is there inflection? So let me, let me break this down for you and you may disagree with me, but I'm just going to tell you the way that we do it is the athletes that come through our program and all the coaching staff, 
and I remind them weekly is we need to make sure that our tone of voice and the way that we speak to them is not harsh ever. Um, that our vocab, the way that we joke or the words that we use is not brash. That we never give lies. Like for instance, well, I will never tell an athlete he's going to do something or I want him to do something and then not do it. An example would be, and it could be a lame example is, I need you to do this particular event. And then we get to the track meet, I'm like, I switched it on you. To the athlete, that feels disingenuous. It feels like a false, it feels like a lie. Even though you may have other reasons, like we need as leaders need to explain and garnish that trust because everything we do, and that's the emails we send, the social media that we do, the words that we speak, the way that we, it needs to garnish this trust above all else. Is trust is the most meaningful thing to motivate this generation. And then inflection, like again, my, my coaches do not swear at the athletes. And you can disagree with me on this one because I definitely know other coaches that use the same language, but our athletes, gosh, I teach freshmen, I hear swear words all the day because they just wanna be so grown up and they wanna use words that feel grown up. And um, again, this can be another podcast, but uh, at Tribuco Hills High School, we watch the words that we speak we make sure that our vocab and we aren't using false language or inflection. So we're trying to garnish trust. All right, so that as a foundation with all that in mind, what does it look like? So 10 weeks we spend with leadership training. Now this is who does leadership training. If you are a junior captain, we'll give you the opportunity. Every single senior also receives that opportunity to do uh, leadership training, and that is it. It is 100% optional. And uh, I'm surprised every single year about some of the kids that I thought I think would be, oh, they're really gonna be into this, and they don't show up. In fact, some of the most gifted, talented athletes sometimes don't want leadership training, and that is fine, because we are given the option, because let's face it, as a coach, some of the most meaningful uh, impactful things you ever do may not be with the kid that is the superstar and the athlete. Sometimes it is, but most of the time it's not. It's with everybody else past them. Um, it's with the kid, if he's a boy, he runs 55 seconds in the 400, but he entered your program running 72 as a freshman and he got better as time went on, but yet at the very end, he wanted leadership training because let's he's probably going to be a CEO somewhere. He's probably going to be a dad for sure. He's probably going to be a husband. He's going to be the leader in the dorm. He's going to have to have these skills because as coaches, we're partnering with parents for four years as they raise them. And we have this small window and coaches, we have this real, and we all know this, but we have this incredible voice of authority. And I mean, how many emails have you received just like me where, it's like my, my son or my daughter is not listening to me. Can you please just tell them this? And the answer is always like, I'm saying the exact same thing. And when a coach and a parent are saying the exact same thing, and it's a teenager who is a very difficult audience, I mean, it sinks in. And maybe it sinks in later in life, but it is there. So this is what we do. We spend 10 weeks going through leadership training. I put it on Monday mornings at 6 a.m. Now, why? on God's green earth would I make it at Monday at 6 a.m. because that is everything that I preach against about sleep and recovery and um, rest. Uh, but uh, let me just say this. I had a friend of mine and this guy came into town and he was like this leadership guru and he had 
He only takes five guys to mentor throughout the country. And um, my friend got a hold of him and said, can I be mentored by you? Can you uh, teach me um, you know, all your ways? And the guy said, sure. I'm in town for a couple days. Show up at my hotel room at 3 a.m. And my friend was like, 3 a.m., what? And he goes, yeah, if you are serious about leadership training, you'll show up at 3 a.m. So my friend did not sleep that night because he was really afraid of not being able to do uh, or sleep through his alarm clock and not get there when he needed to. He just stayed up, which is not great. And he arrived early. He got there about 2.45. He was sitting in the parking lot waiting because he didn't want to be late. And then he walked up to the hotel room and he was there five minutes early, making sure he wasn't late. And as he arrived, someone came out of that hotel room and walked down and said hello and kept going. And my friend walked over and knocked on the door and he said, oh, hey, hello, welcome. And, and the first question my friend has is like, why am I here at 3 a.m.? And who was that guy that was before me? He's like, oh, well, he was the 2.30. And we, I actually have someone coming at 3.30 in the morning too, right after you. And if you are serious about leadership, then you will go out of your way to prove to me through your actions that this is something worthwhile to you. So taking that analogy, I have kids show up at 6 a.m. And I'm gonna be honest, there's some kids that are like, I don't wanna do that. It's not convenient for me. It's not comfortable for me. Well, it's kind of the point. A leader is a server above all else. And not only that, but a leader, I mean, this is something that's earned. And if you can't show up at 6 a.m. on a Monday, you know, before school, before everything, and who knows, you gotta think about what you did Sunday night as well. You can't stay up late thinking you're gonna make it. So I have a, a team of about 150 boys, and I'll tell you, I'll have anything between 22 and 25 seniors and junior captains, which is a few of them, show up, and I rarely have someone not show up. And you know what's even more crazy is that some of these kids don't drive anymore, so their moms and dads have to get up at 5.15 and get them over here and, um, it's, I guess I'm impacting that as well as uh, parents are now partnering and making it meaningful. And um, then we go to school after the leadership training. I usually have bagels or something because when you have food, everyone's happy. So we, week one of our 10 week, and I'm gonna go through this with you. Week one, we start with the leadership senior day. It's fun. I actually like have rented out the uh, school gymnasium and uh, rented or hired out a laser tag company to come in and they went they actually like decked out the entire um black lights fog machines lasers techno music and we had laser tag and pizza and we went through some of like the things that athletes need the things that leaders need and then i said all right and i invited every single person there to the next time at monday morning next week so this is what we go through in our leadership training and uh, I want to highlight some of those things because I, I feel like this is meaningful. It's not over. It's, it's not um, too all-consuming. It's meaningful for the athlete, and it becomes something that they really enjoy and they look forward to. And by the way, if I mentioned earlier, if they're late or they don't show up to one of the weeks without uh, you know, informing me they are not going to be there, um, they're done. They're no longer allowed to come to the 10-week study. So the 10 weeks, week one and week 10, I actually have these bookends the leadership day, which is where we celebrate being a senior and a junior captain and it's really fun and goofy and we have a lot of kids there and I invite them into leadership training. And then the last week, if they've made it all the way through, we have a senior send off, which is basically a, a, a nice little banquet that we have with dessert and every kid dresses up in a three piece suit and we give them this like 
senior send-off. We're sending them off into the world. They're, you're now a man and you have to go out and navigate the troubled waters of life. And I give them basically like what it means to be a man's speech every single year. And I invite the parents and I honor them by saying they've done a good job. And even if they haven't, um, it's over, it's done, <laughs> we've done it. And so, uh, you know, senior leadership uh, day is, is the senior send-off is really fun. And when COVID hit, I actually went around house to house to house with a podium and uh, my speech. And uh, it took me a few weeks, but it was really fun um, to see where they live and meet them at their house and have them open the door. And I gave them a speech. And so um, I would rather them all be in the same place at the same time. But um, if you have any more questions about this, I have YouTube videos of what we've done and how we've done it. And um, again, all of these things are not something that I created. I've learned from other people and stolen them. So uh, week one, Senior Leadership Day, we go through um, small chapters from a book that I recommend called Chop Wood, Carry Water. Very short chapters. It's an analogy about um, being disciplined. And um, it's basically like, um, I guess it's an allegory. It's a story of just, uh, you know, this guy trying to become a samurai archer, which is pretty much meaningless. But the lessons he learns from his sensei along the way are good lessons that I teach the kids, like including build your house and every inch matters and being faithful in the small things and, um, you know, uh, the path to mastery and the goals versus the mission and principles instead of feelings and all those like things. It's Joshua Medcalf wrote the book and it's very small. I actually have a classroom set. My school bought it and we, I take my students through it and they're very short chapters, which is allows you to have something to go off of. So week one, we talk about values. The athletes will go through and create a value system. Um, values are things that you believe are important by the way you live. And you probably measure yourself or you tell yourself life is turning out the way you want it based on your values. And um, seniors in high school really need to have a value system because if you like it or not, they actually have a value system even though they haven't sat down and consciously identified it as anything. Um, but values, if you're living your life and they match the values you have, then you kind of feel satisfied and content. Like life feels pretty good. But if you're making decisions that don't align with your personal values, then things don't feel good. They, they feel, um, I feel discontent. I feel unsatisfied. I feel like I'm, I'm lost would be a word that people will use. And so I try to explain to the athletes more often than not, if you tend to make um, decisions against your values, what will happen over time? You'll stop wanting to feel um, unsatisfied and discontent. So you'll change your values to align your actions, which is completely the inverse of what we want. We want to make conscious decisions about the things that we have identified as the way we want to live, who we want to be and who we're aspiring to be. And that's our values. So like, should I compromise or be firm in my position? Like that's a very big peer pressure, overarching college person like decision when they're being challenged their worldviews being challenged constantly by their professors uh the fraternity they joined um the friends they have media whatever and so who they are and who they're becoming we start right off the bat with values and they will come up with a top 10 value system and they share it with their uh, other people in the group then we go into like what a purpose statement is and um we talk about how purpose statements come to be even our track and field team has a purpose statement and uh i show them that you know some of the major companies in the world that you know whatever they have purpose or mission statements so students will come up with that then we talk about routine week three 
uh, routine. We call it an ideal week because if you're a person with established routines, then you can do a lot without having to think about it. Like routine in an intelligent man is a sign of ambition. That's W.H. Auden. And I even once heard Jake Gyllenhaal, was like a good actor, um, he even said freedom is on the other side of discipline. So if you're thinking about the way that you do life and you got to think about the sleep routines, eating routines, uh, exercise and work routines. So set routines about how you're going to do homework, when you're going to do it. And I even have a ideal week, which is a, a graphic representation of the week they want to live. And it's basically an Excel spreadsheet or a Google's, you know, um, slide or something. And I give it to them and I make them color coordinate and figure it all out. And so most creative individuals find out early what their best rhythms are for sleeping, eating and working. And they abide by them even when tempting to do otherwise. And um, we have to think about this idea of what those routines are. I mean, there's genius in like this idea. And so this, the athletes and the, the future leaders will create an idea a week. We'll spend time talking about it. It's on the computer. They'll, they'll share it with me and I'll challenge them or because I, I want to see them going to bed and getting up at the same time. I want to see them. When are they going to do homework? When are they going to work? We're going to plan moments and not everything in life is planned, but it's good to go in with a plan. So you know what you're adjusting for. Um, so just to, back up a little bit week one senior leadership day week two we talk about values week three purpose statement week four the ideal week and the genius of routine and that bleeds into week five week six we talk about grit and how discipline equals freedom and we're also using chop wood carry water to help us uh and that leads us to uh week seven by the way all of this i can share with you if you you know reach out to me on twitter and, and whatever i'll just share the whole google document with you and it has uh, links and things like that. Like even the values we use, like we say as a team, and I say to the athletes often, because we remember the things and we have to remind ourselves of the values we live by. Here's some of the values. Discipline equals freedom. Um, how's the weather outside? Because regardless of what you think, that's an uncontrollable, you can't control the weather. So when I say, how's the weather outside? The entire team says, perfect, and they yell it out. Um, because there will be the day when it's raining or it's snowing for some of you, or it's windy. And if your athlete is saying, oh, this is perfect. And even if they have to like trick their, you know, fake it till you make it kind of mentality, the idea of, uh, saying how the weather's outside, that's an uncontrollable, but you can control your attitude towards it. And then we say, build your house was this from chop wood, carry water. And even the, I, we say this a lot, pound the stone, um, there's a story and I'm going to read it. When nothing seems to help, I go and look at a stone cutter hammering away at the stone, perhaps a hundred times without much as a crack showing for it. Yet at the hundred and first blow, it will split in two. And I know that it was not that blow that did it, but all that had gone before it. And I, I don't know if, I mean, if you're a high school coach or you're a coach and I coach track and field, track and field is a hundred different blows on that stone over and over and over again, and then it will split. And we don't know when, but it is a fun thing when that happens. And we know that it was all the work before that, that made it that, made it to split. And so we say pound the stone all the time. So we talk about week seven, we talk about mentors and biggest influences in your life. I have them write a letter to that person. Ironically, most of the time it's their dad. And, uh, I'm not sure the dads are ever aware of that. And then I have sometimes the captains give presentations and um, for the last couple of weeks and, and I work with them and it's like 10 minutes and they go through something that's 
uh, a leadership lesson that they've learned or want to learn and it's meaningful to them and they share it with others and um, the athletes probably learn better from them than they do from me. And then we end with the senior send-off. And that is a, that uh, all-encompassing small banquet. It's about an hour and it's really fun and I love doing it. It's always the end of the year, end of the track season and um, it's good. So let me end with this. There's a few books and there's thousands of good books, but let me just give you a few that I feel are good for you with high school athletes. And um, that's Chop Wood Carry Water, which you should share with your athletes and encourage them to buy and go through. Um, Discipline Equals Freedom by uh, you know Jocko Willink, Navy SEAL, good stuff. Uh, Grit with Angela Duckworth, that's a good book. Um, a book that not many people know about, but I think it's maybe the, one of the best, Mentoring Leaders by Carson Pugh, P-U-E. And I think that has been one of the most influential, if not the most influential book on how I try to mentor my athletes. And it's not just something that happens. You have to be conscious and do your very best with that. And then uh, the classic of all classics, and I listen to it on audiobook once a year, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And that book was written a long, long time ago. He even talks about doing interviews with Teddy Roosevelt. I mean, can you imagine that? And this is, this is a good book about how to deal with parents, deal with administration, deal with uh, kids, all in, and maybe deal's not the right word, but all do it in ways that, um, well, gets the goal accomplished. And humility has a lot to do with it. Empathy has a lot to do with it. And it helps me understand ways I should be coaching. And then lastly, a book that another person on Twitter, a friend of mine sent me, and that was Joel Ehrman's Inside Out Coaching. And uh, if you were, need to rewind this podcast and pick those up again, um, all of these are on Amazon and they're all worth reading. And again, there's I'm going to get things on Twitter that says, have you read this book? Have you read that book? And most of the time it's like, no, I, I try. I try to read every single night according to my ideal week and my purpose statement. And... Um, so anyhow, yes, if you had no good books, send them my way. Uh, and the only thing that matters is making sure that I garnish trust with the athletes that I've been given. And those athletes that show up are, you know, choosing to be led, want to be leaders. And um, that might be our biggest influence or our biggest legacy. So as a coach, you should care about legacy. Legacy is and it's not gonna be the marks or the touchdowns or whatever you coach, it's not gonna be that. It's not gonna be the wins and losses, sadly. Most people don't really care. You may care, but most people don't. And newspaper definitely doesn't care, especially around here. But at the end of the day, the legacy that you're gonna have are gonna be with the kids that are choosing to be led, and you can do that. So reach out on Twitter if you need anything, uh, I'm happy. I just. This is something that we've not done before. There's no interview. We're just throwing information out your way. I hope I didn't talk too fast. I'm full of coffee. And so uh, this podcast is brought to you by On Track and Field. On Track and Field are great friends of mine. I love being on their team. You need to go check out the website, ontrackandfield.com. I had a coach reach out to me the other day and said, hey, my high school doesn't allow me to spend that, this kind of money on a credit card. Uh, what do I do? And I literally gave them the contact info, cell phone number of on track and field CEO and owner. And he got back to them and gave them that 15% off. Um, you didn't even have to go to the website. And so they're going to take care of you. It's a family run operation. It's, but it is by no means. I mean, they make my program look like a division one program and I am grateful for them. So on track and 
And uh, thank you for everything. Go get them and lead those kids. Thanks for listening to this week's On Track and Field podcast with host and guest, Coach JT Ayers. The On Track and Field podcast is powered by RelayBatons.com, custom engraved relay batons, tumblers, and water bottles, and by OnTrackAndField.com. Everything you need for practice and competition. Whether you're an athlete, coach, or meet director, stop by OnTrackAndField.com and save 15% when you enter Track Talk at checkout. OnTrackAndField.com.